1: The walker show hope your monday's going well i know everybody's not always excited to get up and get the week going on monday i know i get a case of the mondays quite frequently uh walker do you get the mondays off
0: well look i've been in sports radio long enough to know that mondays is the most content filled days and they're the easiest it shows is. to fill out yeah the hardest part about it is trying to organize everything
1: this is true doing so, the research and getting that stuff
0: radio is a little different i think generally though Fiddy's always tried to spit the theory to me. I don't know why I said that. Am well, I spit the theory? What am I doing here? Am I a rapper? What am I doing Yo, Spit hot fire. Yeah. I don't know why, but he always tries to tell me about the theory that Tuesday's the worst day. Yeah. I'm not really buying it. I yeah. think Monday is the worst day generally, but in sports radio, filling a
1: show standpoint, that's always going to be easy. Yeah. I always think when you're a really busy person, I think that Mondays always think, especially if you're you know, have the availability of either having the weekends off or a Sunday off, and then you know, like, when you're getting that R&R and you're enjoying yourself, and you're like, man, I got to get right back to it tomorrow, yeah. man. So let us know out there on the text line, 704-570-9610. Do you get the Mondays? How often? All right. But you know what helps a Monday to be that much better? When you wake up and know that your team or your school is playing in a monster game. So let's get to that and other topics. It's time for the Campus All right, so Walker uh, alluded to this. Not even alluded. He let you know blatantly what's going on as we went to break. But the Charlotte 49ers, folks, held North Texas to 32% shooting from the field, one of 17 from three, and got a 56-44 win over North Texas to claim sole possession of first place in the AAC playing in front of a Nation. They are 8-1 and one at Halton Arena. Had a reported attendance of 4,514 fans inside. That's a new season high for them. So the word is starting to get out. The more they keep winning, yep. if you win, they will come. But the 49ers have won five in a row. They never trailed in this game. North Texas did not make its first field goal until nearly five minutes into the game. Charlotte jumped out to a 15-2 run. They meant business. They stood on business. Walker, how excited are you I, for the Niners? Uh,
0: look, we are starting to get a little bit of a taste of Charlotte basketball and what it can become. Now, we actually did see a little bit of this in the Ron Sanchez era. If you'll remember the season shortened by the pandemic, there was no conference tournament and that was when they were in the fourth place spot when they were expected to finish like 10th, something way down the standings. Yeah. But even so, it's not an exciting brand of basketball. And here you are having won five straight. It all started against FAU. And, Wes, that's the constant thing you're worried about when you get a big old win against a ranked opponent. It's that the win was so emotional, you're going to lay an egg the next time out. Well, they won by eight against Tulsa the next game. They beat San Antonio. They came back against Rice on the road. And now here they are just rolling through Texas. Get on out of here, man. Everything's bigger in Charlotte. That's San Antonio, right. Rice, North Texas. Bye. We just did the Texas shuffle in the conference. I'll try to make that work. Listen. But I'm glad about Charlotte, man. It, what you see with what they're doing right now, now we're starting to get, to get excited. And 336 wrote this in, Wes. As a fellow 49er fan, as a fellow 49er who graduated in 2017, would Walker agree that Charlotte has arguably the worst sports environment in college sports? I'll tell you what. At the beginning of my college career, I didn't take... Yeah, I know, college career because of the whole Final Four appearance. Hmm. I think for me, it was fun. They were in a a really fun... They were in the A-10. That was a lot of fun watching them take on Xavier. They got the big win at home. But when you gave them a product worth cheering for... Halton Arena was fun, and I like that arena, Wes, and so this is now what you have to do. They're starting to win some games. They're starting to see an increase in attendance, and I hope that they can keep it rolling.
1: Yeah, and Walker, I can attest to that, man. I remember going to Halton Arena in their heyday when they were popping. I'm talking Joby Thomas and DeMarco Johnson and those guys, and it was lit in there as good as any environment you could find well and people will go back to the conference usa
0: days and those were the amazing days i I totally get that when everyone remembers playing cincinnati for sure but even when you just are winning in an a10 or an american conference if you win enough and you're just competing then people will show out Like, it doesn't have to be Cincinnati days, right? Like, just win enough. And that wouldn't happen in the last couple of years. And people really wanted Ron Sanchez gone. And it happened, but it was on his own accord. He leaves late. So we didn't really know. All right, here's interim coach Aaron Fern. We'll see what he can do. But he's making a real case to be the permanent coach, especially with what he's doing with the talent already on the roster.
1: All right, and so we talked about coming into the weekend how the ACC didn't have the greatest of matchups. Uh, Games that you kind of looked at and thought that the favorites were going to dominate a chalk type of weekend in the ACC. But no, 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 that is not what happened this weekend. And I think the biggest story to come out of there is Duke losing to their third unranked opponent of the season. Pitt came in there and got the job done, handed Duke their first ACC home loss in the last two seasons. Jared McCain was 3 of 8 from 3. He had his seventh career game with at least three Three-pointers in a matchup. They're now 6-1 when he reaches that. Kyle Filipowski had 19 points on the day, but it did not happen. For Pitt had marked their first win over an AP Top 10 opponent since defeating number 8 Notre Dame back in 2015. Pitt had the lead for 35 minutes and 22 seconds compared to 2 minutes and 19 seconds for the Blue Devil. And we know this picture that could go down in ACC history of Blake Henson, or, or as the kids at Pitt call him, Blake Henson. Getting up on the scores table, kids are flipping him the bird and calling him everything under the sun except what his mama named him. But it didn't matter. He had 24 points, 8 of 10 from the field, 7 of 7 from three-point territory. Walker, what do you make of this loss for the Blue Devils?
0: Well, I I think the thing about duke losing this game is yeah they didn't have Mitchell and they did not have jeremy roach and those are two big losses so i'm not going to overreact about what their ceiling can be but you would like to see them beat an 11 and or excuse me a 10 and 7 team on your home court with the other talent that you have like Wes, this is still a game that you have to take care of yes You still have Kyle Filipowski. You still have Proctor. You still have McCain. And those guys, I mean, for the most part, did their job. Not a great shooting night for Tyrese Proctor. But even Foster came in and was efficient enough scoring 16 points and actually getting to the foul line. They didn't have any bench help, really, except for Young, who comes in. But he plays 26 minutes, and I don't think you really want him playing that many. Yeah, they still should have found a way to win this game, and Henson just went off offensively. I think I'm not going to overreact as far as what they can be down the stretch of the season but it's still a loss that has to get them back on track like they got to get right after this one because I didn't think that this was going to be a close one really even with those guys being out and yeah Pittsburgh ends up putting their feet all over the couch at Cameron Indoor Stadium
1: well the thing to me that's getting exposed as well is that yeah Roach didn't play and Mitchell did not play and we know that they're key factors on this team but you know Tyrese Proctor to me he's a he's a good player but he doesn't strike me as a difference maker And this is the type of game when you don't have a Jeremy Roach, that this is the type of game where he should have 20 to 25 points and six or seven dimes. But he goes 11 points, three of 10 from the field, one assist in 37 minutes. That's unacceptable if you're Tyrese Proctor. That's unacceptable if you're looked at as an NBA lottery pick. So that to me is the thing about Duke where I'm unsure about this team. I know that they were able to rally the troops and have a nice run at the end of last season, but I'm just not sure that this team, when it gets down to playing the top dynamic squads out there in the country, that, you know, I would like to see more from Proctor, uh and and some of those other guys but especially him and to me that that's the telling thing about duke and and in this matchup
0: well and real quickly i think i put so much stock into what he did against tennessee last year yeah Where remember tennessee was just playing a football game against duke nobody had an answer for the volunteers except for tyrese proctor who got to his spots in the mid-range and ended up with 16 points and six dimes against Tennessee and their defense when nobody else is doing anything for you a great stat line and I fell in love I was like this guy is going to take a step up and I think you're right offensively it hasn't really been the case you're still sharing the basketball a lot one game with uh, with Roach and Mitchell out maybe you just don't have enough of a rhythm I wonder if you could see him blossom into that guy if you had like a 5-10 game rhythm but you're not going to get that and if you're Duke you don't want that you want to be at full health and so you're right I certainly expected it bigger jump offensively from him, and we haven't gotten
1: it. And also, too, Flip. I mean, Flip's got to give you more than 19-5 and five boys in a game like this. I know he's got Federico Federico down there battling with the man, but you got to – I mean, if you're supposed to be ACC player of the year, like people are saying as far as preseason goes, you got to be in that 25-10, and 25-13. I mean, he gets a lot of double-doubles, but this was a night – you know, I'll chalk it up to an off night uh, for him. Fitty, you got any quick thoughts on what happened with Pitt and Duke?
2: Yeah, for all of the members of Duke Nation, welcome to the Pitt Hate Club because you, you, you lose at home and you see what that program is truly about. They cannot win. They cannot win with class. Whenever they be a top-tier <laughs> ACC program, they're going to let you hear about it. For some ungodly reason, they cannot win and keep their mouth shut. Also, and maybe you all disagree, has Cameron become less invincible to go into and win the last couple of years because and look I know Duke was down Mitchell and they were down Jeremy Roach but five ten years ago you still couldn't go in that building and win the building would overwhelm you the building would you know in essence make up for those two guys not being on the court that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. And maybe that was always going to be the case once Coach K left. And I know that Henson went and, you know, got into the Cameron craze and they gave him all the, the middle fingers in the world. But I just don't feel like it's as daunting a task to go in that building and compete when Duke's at full strength, let alone full, uh, less than full strength? Well,
1: you know, like I said, they've only won, lost one game in the last two seasons. I think Cameron still uh, has it luster, but we'll see. I mean, if they keep losing home games, then yeah, Fitty May, your point may be proven, but going over to your Tar Heels. They've won six consecutive ACC games by double digits for the first time since doing that in ten consecutive games in 1992-93. They haven't allowed an ACC team to score more than 70 points this season boston college was feisty you did say that this was going to be a tough one to get out of there but carolina uh turned it on late and got (laughs) the victory held boston college to 34 percent shooting and 17 percent shooting from three fitty i'll start with you what were your thoughts on the tar heels performance
2: you know Wes. first thing i want to do is thank you for acknowledging that i was right because i got a lot of people in my own fan base Wanting to know why I thought it was going to be a a tough task to go to Boston College and win. Guys, I've been around the block. I've watched this conference night in, night out for over 15 years. Yeah. And, as, and as a 27-year-old, I'm going to sit here and say I'm an ACC old head. I know how hard it is to go up there and win when mm. that place is sold out. Earl Grant's a good coach. Quentin Post is the best player in college basketball wow. that nobody knows about. So it was going to be tough. Yeah. And championship teams still go on the road and don't get a whistle to go their way for 40 minutes, and they still find a way to win by double digits. And that's what Carolina did. Big second half from Armando Baycott, mm. Timely scoring from R.J. Davis. And Carolina's 7-0, and man, for the 12th time in ACC play in program history. And hopefully tonight by about 9 5 they'll be 8-0. All right. Well, Walker, I'm going to let you rot on this one because i still I, su- I su- No, you sure- had too many comments. This no, has I'm to be your time. You I had-
1: sure remember. I know. When I know the Demon Deacons were playing at Boston College, was it so out? And I got tattoos. I'm mean, bit tattoos. I got texts <laughs> about all oh, you guys are struggling with Boston College and I can't believe how you guys are playing. You're supposed to be a oh, contender, no, you went to the message. You went to texting them yeah, about that? Yeah, you're supposed to be a contender and you're struggling at Boston College. Now when the Tar Heels come to play, which a lot of the crowd was pro North Carolina, I saw it. A lot of the crowd was pro Tar Heels. Now it's this hard place. It's Cameron Wes, 2.0. Wes, are you this, kidding this
0: is, me? This is a 27-year-old Woo! ACC old hat, man. He's been around the yeah, block. Yeah,
1: I tried what? to tell him. I said when they went to Florida <laughs> State, road team, I, said, I said ACC road games are hard to win, not to fit. I, I I can't believe you lost that game. Now everywhere Carolina goes and plays on the road, it is just the zoo i mean my god this guy knows no bounds what as, as soon as my soon as he wanted god. to take
0: he wanted to take a victory
1: lap <laughs>
0: over calling that it was going to be a close game yes. late into the second which as
2: but like you did okay but but walker as someone that hosts a podcast for one of your favorite teams in the hornets doesn't it hurt when your own fan base comes after you? I had to deal with that. When I talked about Boston College and I was pushing all my content about the – I had people, you're just making excuses for them. You're part of the problem. That's why this program hasn't achieved – I'm not an excuse maker, but I know what it is. And I knew it was going to be tough there, and, and I knew it was going to be tough to go on the road there and win because, A, they're a quality team. And Woo. as you remember – In the mid-2000s, man, when they were good, that arena gets behind them. It's a small gym. It's not the easiest place to go on the road and play. That's all I said. And I said, don't be surprised if the game is still in balance at the end of four timeout. And it was, I was right. Y'all were not wrong. And (laughs) I'm done.
0: Uh. That's a very personal battle that you have with your own kind right now. And I apologize that you feel the need to take the victory lap. I do want to take the little time that we have left in this segment to set up the stage for tonight with Duke losing. With NC State losing, North Carolina is taking on a very good Wake Forest team that is also atop the standings. Fourth right now at 5-2. and two. Wake Forest moves to 5-3. and three, Carolina moves to 8-0 and zero, with NC State still second at 5-2. and two. North Carolina, not a stranglehold, but pretty firm grasp.
1: Yeah, they won this one tonight. Yeah, yeah, you you
0: beat Wake Forest, who is a good basketball team, and watching the Blue Devils lose the way they did, there's really not a question. It, the, the only argument that I think you could really have is, hey, watch Duke at full strength at the end of the season, yeah. and we'll see what they can do in the NCAA tournament. I get that argument, but there's a clear best team in the ACC. I think even that's the case, even if they do lose to Wake, and we'll have to see about the context, but there's no debating it if they beat Wake tonight.
1: Yeah, and before we get out here, Wake did beat Louisville 90-65, to so they hammered Uh, Louisville this weekend and Clemson got a big win uh, at Florida State. So uh, Clemson, you know, they're still down there fighting. So we'll see uh, what they can bring to the table as the season marches on. But either way, tonight's game, we're going to get into it even more later with Les Johns.